You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. Okay, welcome back everyone to another week, another episode of The Homeschool Dropout. Today we have Marshall Paxson with us. Thanks for joining, Marshall. Yeah, you bet. Glad to be here. I've found the more time I've spent doing this, that homeschoolers, we have a weird way of finding each other. We have a weird way of kind of almost exposing each other. Like it's uh, it's just, you never, I don't know, it's hard to see who's homeschooled, but once that is apparent, I feel like we find each other really easily. Yeah. It seems like just somehow you're talking with somebody or you meet somebody and it just kind of comes out of the woodwork where they homeschooled for a little bit or they know somebody or how you end up in the same class or different ways you end up running into each other, probably just because of the common experience. There's not a lot of visibility to the experience. So when I run into homeschoolers, especially in my profession, I feel a real, like almost a kinship, like an affinity that, oh, you and I, even though we had different experiences, there's a real bond that I can start feeling. I'm like, hey, yeah, remember homeschool? When we were different and weird from everyone else. So why don't you just start taking the listeners through your overall homeschool experience. Take us from grade school, if you graduate from high school, and then college and, and kind of that overall arc there. Sure. I was homeschooled from the very start. I didn't go to school at all during grade school. And I did, once once I hit sixth grade, I, I did start attending a class here or there, but ended up kind of doing that a little bit more in high school. But um, didn't graduate high school, got a GED, and then ended up going to that liberal arts college, George Wythe, for a little bit because I was, I, I, I wanted to play football for or in college and thought if I went to that school for a year while I healed from an injury that maybe that would be a good, good decision and ended up graduating from, from that, that school and intended to go to, to law school after that, but ended up kind of jumping in the workforce. Okay, so let's let's go back to the beginning then. Can you place us in time and space? Where were you homeschooled? And is this like, I'm not trying to age you. Um, are we talking the 80s, the 90s? Where, where are we starting here? So in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that's where I grew up, at least until I was about 12. For that entire time in, in New Mexico, I was homeschooled and then ended up moving to, to Bernal, Utah. And that's that's when I started going to a few classes. My aunt was a, a middle school art teacher. And so I homeschooled for everything except art class. And I went to her art class and then uh, stayed in Vernal throughout high school or that time period. And then went down to Cedar City for college. Vernal is not big. So I'm very curious. You were homeschooling kind of in the 80s-ish in a very small rural town. Was that isolating? I, I just, I'm trying to place myself there. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, and especially back then, like homeschooling is much more, I don't know if mainstream is the word, but accepted now, and especially after COVID. seems like everybody's kind of open to to different methods. But I mean, back then it was, you know, early 80s for grade school. That was in New Mexico. Albuquerque is a, a, a bigger city. And but there's not a whole there wasn't a whole lot of people like wasn't like homeschool groups or anything like that. It was just it was me, me and my mom. And so moving to Vernal, that again is a small town. And yeah, I don't think, I'm trying to think, I don't think I knew anybody else that was homeschooling in Vernal at the time. So 
it, it was always very, you know, it was different for sure. Like I always felt a little bit different. Do you know what led your parents to making that choice to homeschool? Especially at that time, it just wasn't, it was very weird back then to make that choice. So there's kind of a funny story behind that in that, so I'm the youngest of four kids. My oldest sister, when she was in middle school, this is back when we were living in, in New Mexico, she asked my parents to homeschool her. And my, my oldest sister, she's like, she's a little bit of an anomaly. She's very driven, very disciplined. And she kind of just had it with her middle school teachers and some of the stuff that they were doing. And she was just like, you know, hey, I want to be homeschooled. And so she kind of started my parents down that, that path. I mean, both my parents are pretty well educated. My dad actually got his PhD from Stanford. And so pretty highly educated. My dad was an engineer and my mom was a nurse. And so they had, I guess, the capability. But even, even then it was a new thing. Like there was nothing, like it was wild west of, of, of homeschooling at that point. Yeah, because now there's like Charlotte Mason and TJ Ed and unschooling. There's all these different curriculums. But back then it was like, well, let's go buy a textbook, I guess. Yeah, there's a ton of resources or now. And back then there was, there was nothing. And I was pretty young, but I do remember, you know, some of that. But it was, I mean, it was her like really kind of driving the whole thing. Your sister or your mom? My sister. Wow. Very different. So she kind of did that. She did attend a few classes in high school here and there, but I don't think she graduated high school. I think she got a GED and she ended up getting accepted and going to, to BYU, which at the time was also a feat just because, again, not normal. It was not common. So your sister started it. That That is so unique. As I've talked to people, usually it's a parent who is either frustrated with the system, doesn't like what's being taught in the system, or even sometimes they like the system. This was my mom's story. She loved school. She loved being part of school. All her kids were in school, but she just started getting this feeling for years that like, I need to take them out of school. And she couldn't pin it down, right? Eventually enough things compounded that she just went for it. And this was early 90s, maybe late 80s that she did that. And that's what she acted on was just this this impression that wouldn't go away. And so she just did something about it. I have never heard of the child driving that decision so so clearly. Like your sister really chose homeschool. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely did. And once and once she did, like my parents really kind of I wouldn't say embraced it because some of my other siblings still went to school at the time, but then kind of one by one ended up homeschooling. It was, you know, somewhat of a gradual, but then fully embraced. And because I'm the youngest, by the time I really got into it, I was like, that's all I knew. Interesting. So the last time we talked, you had mentioned that there were lots of different homeschool styles that were implemented in your family. Can you share a little bit about those? Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of, I've talked with my, my siblings about it. My oldest sister, she really kind of drove it herself and kind of created her own curriculum a little bit. And Hey, I want to do this and this kind of figured things out on her own to a certain extent. I don't believe there was any type of like curriculum or whatever. My brother, he was a little bit more resistant to school just in general. It wasn't like his major cup of tea, but he did, I think it, I think it was called American School or something like that. It was like a correspondence type program that like they'd send stuff to do, you do it, you send it back, they grade it. And it was just like this back and forth curriculum type thing. And it was, I remember it was a, 
a pretty big feat for my parents to have him complete that. And then once it was completed, I think they give you a high school diploma. And then my, the, my sister, who's just older than I am, also did American school, but was, you know, she, again, way more organized and more disciplined. It wasn't a, a, a fight as much. Hey, I'm supposed to do this. Okay, great. And she did it pretty, pretty well. And then when, by the time I came along, this is a while ago, so I could be misremembering, but I don't think I had any curriculum, like at all. And so it was kind of, I mean, there was like a book here, that, and it was, my mom would work with me, you know, on some different things, but there was no structure to it that I remember whatsoever for better or for worse. <laughs> and I, I wasn't quite as driven as my, as my sisters or anything like that. It was kind of like, I don't, I don't know if they'd worn my parents out by that time or not, but <laughs> it was, it was pretty laissez faire approach to my, to my schooling from what I remember. And it, it's kind of funny because looking back, I'm like, you know, mom, like, dad, like, why didn't you push me more? Like, you could have really, like, you could have really done a lot. <laughs> and they were just kind of like, man, you figured, thought you'd figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, what is your thought on the balance there? Because something that drives homeschooling in many cases is the freedom, right? Parents are attracted to the freedoms. Kids are attracted to the freedom. And you don't want to force learning. You, you never wanted to force the kid to learn, right? The kid was supposed to naturally be curious about the world and go learn it. I guess what I'm asking is how would you say a parent can gauge how much they need to push each individual child? Because it's sounding like you wish you were pushed a little bit more. Yeah. And, and I don't know, honestly, how I would have responded to that because like I like take reading, for example, I was like a really slow reader. And I think I remember my parents telling me like, you know, neighbors and friends were like worried because I wasn't <laughs> reading, you know, where I, I should have been. Right. And I remember my mom would try to teach me. I just was, I dug my heels in and did not want to learn. Okay. So you, you fought back a bit. Yeah. But when I decided, like, I remember like it just clicked and within like six months I was reading way, you know, way ahead of most people in my age. And so it was kind of like a, okay, I want to do this. And then when I want to do it, like I, I did it fairly well. That reminds me of my younger brother. He wasn't able to read until he was about 10 or 12. And I didn't know. I, I, he's, he's just below me. He's like three years younger. So I'm not paying attention, right, to where my siblings are reading. But I just knew that it was kind of this theme that other people outside the family were worried about. But I tell you what, once that kid learned how to read, he has devoured books. We're, we're still in this little like makeshift book club, he and my other brother. And, and we're pouring through really dense material, like really thick economic treaties and philosophy and all this dense stuff that I can't get my peers to read. I can't even get them to talk about it. So I guess I'm, I, what you're saying is resonating with me because I've seen that with my brother where he, he really absorbs reading now, but it took him till he was like 12. And so, so I don't know. I think it's a, it's, it's so hard to know with each kid, how much you need to push. You don't want to kill the instinct of learning. For sure. Yeah. I, I was deathly afraid of my oldest when he started learning how to read. I was like, oh, I like geared up for battle. He was way easier than I was. And he's the same way now. He just, you can't get him to do anything because all he wants to do is read. I have distinct memories of being banned from reading. I was reading too much. Probably good for me, you know, to get out of it though. Okay, listeners, a quick word about Audible. As much as I still love reading a physical book, sometimes I just don't have time to sit down and read. 
That's where Audible comes in for me. I've recently listened to incredible audiobooks like The Power of Habit, The Last Green Valley, and even Harry Potter in Spanish. To get a free 30-day trial of Audible exclusively through the Homeschool Dropout, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the homeschool dropout. That's audibletrial.com forward slash the homeschool dropout. Okay, well, let's move on a little bit. You were looking at doing football in college. You got a GED. How was the application process and getting into college? Was that tricky? Did you have to jump through hoops? Not really. It would have been good like to have somebody that really knew what they were doing. I should have talked to my sister. I know she like kind of went through it, but I, I didn't really. My my only goal, like I just, I was like, oh, I could go to like SUU or Snow College or, you know, some of these local colleges here where I, was, I thought I'd have a good chance of like walking on the football team. And so that's like, that's really all I applied to. And I think I got into, like I took the ACT when I was in high school. So I had that. And then I think I honestly can't remember all the different places, but I, I think it was like SEU and Snow and maybe a handful of other, maybe Utah State or something like that. And I, I don't think there was an issue like getting in. Like I remember getting accepted, and, but my focus was like not on, hey, where am I going to get the best education? <laughs> it was, where do you think I have the best chance to, to play football? And, and then at the end of the day, you know, it was kind of almost an afterthought to go to, uh, to George with. So and that was because you, you got injured. And so you had a year to just kind of fill some time. Yeah, there was like two weeks, like the, the walk-on tryouts to Snow's football team were like two weeks away and I was playing basketball with some friends and blew my knee out. And so I was like, all right, do I just go there anyways or, or not? And my sister was going to George with, and she's like, you need to come here. You really should come down here. So I was like, oh, I'll come down and see and ended up, ended up doing up. It was just interesting. And like, I really, even to this day, if somebody would pay me to go to school, I would probably go to school. It's just enjoyable to learn. I love learning. I love understanding how things work. And it was a really different approach. I remember we had a, I think it was like a constitutional law class that I just really, really loved. Like it was really fun to get in there and, and learn about that stuff. And for a time I was like, oh, I think I'm going to, I think I want to become an attorney. So it was just, it was fun. And then I enjoyed learning. It's funny you say that. I just wrapped up my master's in mechanical engineering and I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I really, I just like the energy of being there. The learning process is so aggressive. And I, I think I'm just like really drawn to that. And even being done now, I'm talking to some friends who are getting MBAs and in law school. And I'm thinking like, am I going to go back to school? But it's very similar where I'm, I'm just drawn to learning exciting new things every single day in such a fast-paced environment really excites me. And so, yeah, if someone paid me to go back to school, I would go 100%. So, so then let's talk about, were there any aspects that emerged in your profession at Adobe that you were like, oh, I'm, I'm not used to this and how this works and you had to adjust? That's a good question. In the particular role I had, there wasn't because it was, it was kind of basically a sales, sales role. And I'd done a lot of sales previously. It was a lot different than the sales I had done previously, but just had to, you know, same principles applied in a different manner. So it wasn't like a big shock or anything like that. When you work for a company that big, they have like basically, hey, we need you to do these three things and we have all these systems and processes set up. And, you know, it's it's not complicated, you know, to their to their credit. And anyway, so it wasn't like a huge, huge gap or a huge jump from 
Like it didn't, I never, never felt like I was like, oh, I'm not prepared for this. Like it was, I was fairly confident and I, I did a pretty decent job, you know, starting out and, and getting into it. So, well, I think it's substantial for people to see that you, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm not too hung up on this. I just feel like there's such a stigma that if you're homeschooled, you just, you know, you're like doomed. And that does exist. That does happen. It also happens in the public system. But I've seen that the, the gaps aren't huge and they're not unapproachable. And Adobe is a very strong company with a very big reputation. And you did just fine. You integrated, you merged, you adjusted where you had to. And in every job, you're going to have to do that a little bit. And so I, I just think it's good to see that. You can be homeschooled and work at Adobe, you know, for seven years, just fine. Yeah, you can. And, and, the, and the position like matters, right? Like you're not going to be homeschooled and have St. Luke's Hospital hire you to be their emergency room physician <laughs> with, no, yeah. with no training, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to have to go to medical school. You're going to have to learn if, you, if that's what you want to do. There's some specialization there. But for a lot, I mean, just it really depends on, on where you want to do. And, and for a base, like a base, I think it prepares you really well because, you know, owning my own company, which is what I'm doing now, the one skill that is just so hard to find, but so valuable is somebody that can come into an environment that's a little bit chaotic and doesn't have, you know, everything lined out perfectly, understand, recognize patterns, see the gaps and fill the gaps. Like it's very hard to find an employee that does that. And if you can, that's really valuable. I think one thing homeschool does is it does give you a little bit of ownership of, you know, your education or what the result, like, hey, like you're responsible for the end product, right? And whether you want that to be good or you don't care, like it's going to be however, you know, it's going to be whatever you decide it's going to be. And there's a little bit of that, you know, in, in business, like, you need somebody that has some ownership of what they do and the and the business product that they produce. Whether you're homeschooled or not, there's great employees, you know, on both sides of the of the spectrum. But but that's you know, it's something that I think is probably maybe a little bit easier to see on homeschool if, if they have that sense of ownership of yeah, like I'm responsible for my education, and that can translate. Yeah, and I think if the student is able to get a sense of what they want in life early on. Because like you said, if you're working for corporate America may not be everyone's goal. And if that's not your goal, then maybe college isn't your path. And so trying to find your way to craft homeschooling to build your future, homeschooling provides a good path for that. But like you're saying, I mean, I was in the public system on and off and it did me wonders. And so there's just so much good from both. And if you can kind of craft your education, do a buffet style so that it meets your goals as an individual, I think it really set you up for, for your future. Yeah. There is no lack at all. I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting an educational resource in today's age. I was joking with another guest the other day. Khan Academy deserves at least half of my diploma, my undergrad. I was watching those videos all the time to get through my engineering degree. It's just, it's all out there now. It's amazing. And most of it's free. And most of it's free. Yep. Okay. Well, let's kind of wrap up here. What advice would you give to new homeschooling families? I asked this of all my guests. And so what would you say to those who are just starting out? I would say, again, just looking at my own family, like you probably can't screw it up too bad, whether it's very structured or not, as long as it's, as long as it's done like lovingly, like I, 
you know, I, I never doubted that my parents loved me or wanted the best for me, even though I dug my heels in at some point. Like, you know, they, they didn't really have a whole lot of structure. It wasn't great. Like, but luckily I'm, you know, providing for my family. <laughs> so, you, you know, you probably can't screw it up too badly. If you feel the desire to do it, like it's probably worth, it's probably worth trying it out. Like my, my wife and I homeschooled our three oldest, you know, she's done it for the last three, three years. And then this year, my oldest son, he really wanted to go to public school. And so we're like, you know, third grade, he's starting to go to public school and he's doing great, right? Like he still loves learning. He still loves everything he's doing. He's being fulfilled and like, I'm, I'm fine with that too, you know? So can't screw it up too much. And I guess I would just say be flexible. I think that'll free up a lot of parents from with a lot of fears and trepidations. And, and so I just think if, especially if it's on your mind, just go for it and then, and then work through the process. It's not going to be perfect. This is me talking to someone who has been homeschooled, but has not homeschooled. So maybe I'm missing out on that critical piece, but I don't know. I, I still feel strongly in that direction. Okay, Marshall, where can we send people? I know you've got your own business. Where can we send listeners who have a need for your product that you provide to your company? So where could we point them to? Business websites, teamworksgroup.com. And then okay. I'm on LinkedIn, Marshall Paxson. So happy to connect with anybody that wants to. Okay. So the, the business website is teamworksgroup.com. And then you're on LinkedIn, Marshall Paxson. I will link to all of this on the show notes page. Thanks for your time, Marshall. Really appreciate your insights and your time. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it, Mike. Hey, everyone. To make sure you don't miss weekly episodes of The Homeschool Dropout, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcasting platform.